powerful. It's like being in the rain. You can't be in the rain and not get wet. Okay? Christ, God Almighty, He is the rain. He's our rain, our spiritual rain. And when, when we get in His presence, something happens. And you're never the same. So we just have to pray today that, 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 that during the week, when you start getting fear, when you start getting doubt, when you start getting different things in your life, and you start having sickness and disease, whatever it may be, just go to God and get in that prayer closet and seek God's face and get in His presence. You don't have to be here at the church. You know, if I'm here during the week and you need to come in here, you come in here and pray all you want to in this room. But get in God's presence because in God's presence, everything changes. Fear has to bow. Hope happens. So if you need those things, you just, just got to get in God's presence. And if you can't do it yourself, call me on the phone and we'll talk about it. I had a phone call yesterday afternoon. I don't know, it was 12 o'clock. We had um, uh, uh, Amber uh, Murray, her, her, her mom passed. We had a beautiful um, service for her yesterday. And I went home. As soon as I got home, I got a phone call. and it was, it was, I didn't know the number. And uh, I picked it up and I said, hello. They said, hello, is this Kingdom Life Ministries? And I said, yes, it is. And they said, well, my, he said, my name is, is, is Robert Edwards, and I live in a, a halfway house somewhere. He said, 0.1 miles from the church, two miles from the church or something. And he says, um, and I just did churches near me, and you're the first one that popped up. I was like, well, praise Jesus. And he said, I just need help. He said, man, I'm a wreck. I, I, I moved down here, and I'm in this, this place. And he said, everybody around me is supposed to be a clean place. Everybody around me is doing drugs. Everybody's doing stuff, man. He said, I'm trying to stay clean. I'm, I'll be six months clean in six more days, and this and that and the other. And he said, I just need to get out of here. I need to go to, I, I gotta, I'm a brick mason, and, I, and I, I have a job lined up in Raleigh, but I got to get there before Monday morning, and I just, I just need help, and I just need prayer. And so um, as he was talking to me, I was kind of going through the process and seeing the validity, the validity of, of his story and all that kind of stuff. And I was talking to him. And um, to make a long story short, while, while we were talking, I went ahead and went on, on the Greyhound bus line and got him a ticket from here to Raleigh. He was supposed to leave in two hours. He called me this morning. He said, Pastor Doug. I said, yes. He said, hey, man, I just want to thank you for what you've done. He says, I got here. I started making phone calls. I'm already in Oxford House down here in Raleigh. I'm already in a safe place. I'm in a good place. He said, it's clean. He said, he said, it's clean. And I go, he said, I told him about my, one of my best friends, um, Anthony Braswell's church down there, North, North Park Church. I said, you got to find this church, man. He's going to take care of you. you know? And he said, well, he said, listen, God's done a good thing. I'm going to find a church. And I just want you to tell, tell somebody, tell your church today. I wasn't going to say nothing about it because it's just and a lot of times I do things in our church that I, I don't want to go out and just tell everybody all we do. Like, you know, like, I'm, like I'm just doing something special for everybody all the time. But it's just not about that. It's not about me. But he said, please go to your church today and let them know that your church has helped me find a safe place that I, that I could have fell back in drugs if I'd have stayed. He said, but I'm free and I'm, I'm at a good place and I got a job starting on Monday morning making $18 an hour. <laughs> praise God. So praise God for that. That's exciting, and it's good to see Steve, Steve Teaster back there. I saw him yesterday, and uh, Franny, was ha Franny Brown was having some tests done, and he, I, he walked in, and, and uh, he was telling us some more of his story and uh, how he's been left for dead like three times, and every time God has, has revitalized him and brought him and kept him alive, and, and he said, God's got a plan for me. So God's got a plan for you. So if you're here today, God has a plan for you. And I just want to talk to you something today about, about the tree of freedom. I'm going to talk to you about something that you don't hear talked about a whole lot, and, and, and the freedom tree. You don't hear, hear this a lot. But Galatians 5, chap, um, chapter 5, verse 1 says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again into slavery to the law. Now, hey, that's exactly what Robert was talking about yesterday, wasn't he? 
He said, man, I'm free. I'm six, six days from six months, man. And if I stay here any longer, temptation's getting great, man. I'm, I'm going to fall right back. I don't want to fall back into the slavery of that addiction and that bondage. And so he got free. And so, so this says stay free. The Bible says if the Lord sets you free, you are free indeed. Okay? But you can choose to go back into bondage and slavery. And you can go choose to go back in sin. You know, you can do that. So that's what happens when people backslide. I know backslide's not a popular name, a word anymore. And people just believe that you're saved and you're just saved forever and you can do whatever you want to. But, but the Word of God talks about backsliding to the point where you can turn your back on God. As long as you're, as long as you're trying and as long as you're doing the best you can and you're saying, God, forgive me when you sin and you mess up, you will always be saved. But the time that you quit repenting and you turn your back on God and walk away from Him, then you are taking yourself out of His hands. Nobody can take you out of His hands but you. But you can walk away from God. But see, the thing is, is a lot of times we have the wrong approach to God in our relationship with Jesus, and it makes us miserable. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Doug? Well, I, I say this often because I, I want to get it through everybody's head. We have this do more approach. I got to do more. I, I got I to do something. I gotta, for me to be a Christian and, and, and live this way and stay free, I got to do something. Okay? It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. You know, this is the second time I made a Wizard of Oz, hadn't it? Um, uh, but it's like the Wizard of Oz. You know how he's, he, he, the Oz is sitting there and he's just supposedly this big God type of person. And, and they go to him and say, hey, we want this. We want a heart and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, well, you go to the Wicked Witch and you get to bring and bring it back to me. And then I'll do whatever you want. See, that's, we look at God like he's a Wizard of Oz. You go do stuff and come back and then I'll bless you. See, but it's not a do more thing. It, it, it's, a, it's number two, it's Jesus is already done. It's, it's not, not do more. It's, it's God's already done it. We don't have to do anything. God has already provided for our salvation. He's already pro provided for our forgiveness. We're already forgiven. All we got to do is just ask. Amen? Amen. Just take it. Um, uh, let's see here. John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40 says, You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me and receive, and receive this life. See, back the, the Pharisees and all these high priests, they would go into the scriptures and to the law and try to find eternal life. And they were trying to learn eternal life. And God's like, all these, Jesus said, all these scriptures you're reading, they're all pointing to me. I'm eternal life. They're pointing to me. What you're trying to find is me. But you, what you're doing is you're trying to find them in the scriptures and get your own self there. But everything points to me. But you don't want to come to me. You want to try to find it all in the law. But there's four responses we're supposed to have to God. How, when we approach God, when, 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 to have a relationship with God and to have that eternal life, there's just four things you need to do. One is fall in love with Jesus. Amen. Just fall in love with Jesus. Not, not just like him, not just love him. Because you ever heard people say, well, I love you, but I'm not in love? That's a problem with the church. That's a problem with the church of today. They love God, but they're not in love with God. That's a problem with the church of today. That's a problem with Christians of today. They love God but they're not in love with God. So number two, it says serve God um, through relationships, not rules. See, we, we, serve, we need to serve God because we have a relationship with him and we love him. We don't need to serve God because we're scared of hell. The, the, the one Christian that lasts the least amount of time when they become a Christian is a Christian that is led to Christ through fear of hell because that never lasts. Because after a while, you're not scared anymore, and you go right back to do it. But if you fall in love with Jesus, and you're loving him not because you have to, but because you get to, 
or you want to, those are the relationships that are the best. And you serve God through a relationship. That's why we're about love, life, and relationships. And that's why we're trying to we impact our community through, through the love of Christ, through real relationships with God and with each other. And then you respond to all sin with life. Life kills sin. The life of God. We're kingdom life. Life, love, happiness, uh, and, and, and the joy of the Lord. It, it, kills, it kills sin. Sin cannot live where there's life because sin is death. And then guard your heart from going back. You've got to guard your heart. You can't say, okay, I'm saved, and just, and just let your heart down. You know, just like when someone hurts you, you know, if, if, if you're in a relationship and you've been hurt in a relationship, what do you always do? You guard your heart, right? And you don't hardly let nobody else in. Unless it's the right person, okay? Because if you drop your guard, you're going to get hurt again. Same way with, with Satan. He has hurt you. He has caused sin to be in your life. And we need to guard our heart against him and say, no, buddy, you didn't hurt me. You're not getting this hard again. And the only person we need to let in is God Almighty and Jesus Christ in our hearts. I want to read to you just a little bit about, a little, this a little, about, a little bit deeper about the freedom of, of Christ. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, then the Lord planted a garden of Eden in the east, and there he placed a man that he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up in the ground, trees that were beautiful and produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 15 and 17 says, the Lord placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat of any of the trees, fruit of any of these trees in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you are sure to die. See, there, we, we, and here's the thing. That was the first, okay, the first story was creation. The second story was Adam and Eve, right? And this, this is kind of, we're getting towards the third story here in a minute with the betrayal. But the thing is, is, at the very beginning, there was two trees from the to eat that they could eat from. Or they could eat from any of them but that one. But today, even today, you, I, we still eat from one of those two trees. The tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life brings freedom and grace and eternal life. When we go to the tree of life, we, 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 get, we know that God is good and God is forgiving. But when we go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it brings bondage. It's more the law. It, it, it leads to death. It says that God is only a judge and you are already condemned. See, the tree of, the tree of knowledge says, keep trying to get God's approval. When you, when you go to the tree of knowledge, uh, trying to figure it all out in your mind. So we've got to understand our ways are not our ways and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And, so, and that's what the Word of God says. And so we, what the thing is, 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 is it says keep trying to get God's pr approval. It's, it's kind of like God is mad at us. The tree, the, tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil says, hey, you need to get God's approval. You're not good enough. You can't do this. God's mad at you, and you've got to make him like you. But the, when you go to the tree of life, the tree of life says that God has already loved you and will always love you in spite of who you are, in spite of who you've been. God already loves you, and he will always love you. Amen? Amen. Come on out. I need to hear you. Amen. I do better when, you, when I hear you. The tree of knowledge says obey God out of a sense of duty. In other words, obey God because you have to. Obey God because the Bible says to. 
That's, that's kind of bondage, ain't it? Anything that I got to do, I don't like doing stuff because I have to. Does anybody hate, don't you hate to have to go to work, have to go to school? You have to do, you have to pay bills. I hate that. I just want to pay a bill if I want to. I don't want to have to pay it. You know? You know, if my lights go out, I'm going to want to pay that bill. So, out of, uh, so I don't want to serve God because I have to. He died for you. He forgave your sins. You've got to serve him. That's not what he, that's no. That's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life says you, get to, you serve God out of delight because you want to, because you get to. You serve God because he's so good and he's so loving. And when you're in love with somebody, you'll do anything for them. Amen. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the ones that what we look at as rules, it's not even rules. It's like, you know what? I don't care about what I got to do. I just love you. You want me to do this for you? I will. You know? And so you do it not out of duty or obligation. You do it out of delight and caring. The tree of knowledge of good and evil brings condemnation. It said the tree of knowledge of good and evil says you messed up, you idiot. That's what it's, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're, an, you're an idiot. You messed up. You're condemned. You're condemned. And, but the tree of life says that, that you messed up. It brings conviction. The tree of life brings conviction, not condemnation. The tree of life says you messed up. But you know what? Follow me and I'll, help you, I'll show you the way. You messed up, but I forgive you. You messed up, but here, let me, come on, let me show you the way out of this. So it's not condemnation. It's conviction. Deuteronomy 30 and 19 says, We have been given a choice between life and death, and you know, um, and, and, you know um, blessings and curses. It says, Choose life. That scripture right there tells us, Choose life. So we need to go to the tree of life, right? Which, which is Christ, which is God. Um, prior to the first sin in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve walked with God, enjoyed his presence every day. I, I, sometimes I think about this and I, and I, I get a, a little spiritual jealous. That, that in, the, in the afternoon time, in the cool of the day, Adam did it beginning, and then Adam and Eve, they walked with God. They, they just, God just, his presence came down, and they physically just had physical conversations with God. This, isn't a, this was not a prayer. This was conversation with God. They're walking and talking with God, and God, you know, whatever they said, I don't know. God, I'm, I'm na I named that a rhinoceros. Ain't that crazy? You know, whatever it is, you know. He's like, yeah, that's crazy. I, I don't know what kind of conversation they had. But the thing is, is they were conversing. How intimate can you be than have God's presence talking back and forth with you like that? Not just feeling his presence, but having legitimate conversations with it. So it says, Adam and Eve walked and, and enjoyed his presence. They were made in the image of God and had dominion over everything that was created. They had the authority through relationship that they established with God. Now when they sinned, they forfeited that authority. As a result, their relationship with God suffered. Okay? Colossians 1.21 says that once we were far from God and we were his enemies and separated by him, um, from him by our evil thoughts and actions. Okay? Here's the deal. You ever heard somebody that always blames the devil for all their wrongs and all their sin and everything's the devil's fault? You know, here it says, it says by your evil, your evil thoughts and actions. We have a flesh. And we have a mind. That's why the Bible says, um, the Word of God says, Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because if you don't renew your mind, your mind gets full of junk, and then the devil can leave you alone, and you got your own evilness going on. 
The Bible says that we're pulled away by our own evil desires. Our flesh causes evil desires. So sometimes we like when something happens and we're like, devil. He's like, yeah, go ahead and blame me for it. I'll take the credit. You just got evilness in your mind. You, you, you allowed your flesh to go so long, and you haven't been renewing your mind. You haven't been transforming your mind. So you got all this junk up here, and it's just, I'm, just, I'm just using what you've already put in there for, for, for my benefit to make it go crazy. Sin separates us, and separation costs our freedom over the enemy. When we separate from God, we, we've lost our power over the enemy. That's why people were all about Jesus, and they turned it back on God, and then they try to, try, to, try to use the authority they had in Christ, and it's not there no more because they've separated themselves from God. It was through Jesus that God, in Colossians 1.20 says, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in earth and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. Everything that happened in the, there was uproar, and there was no peace on earth from the time that he died on the, the time that they sinned to the time he died on the cross. No true peace because of the fact that, 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 that he had to die on the cross for our sins to reconcile the, the evil that had happened at the Garden of Eden. But there are consequences of sin. Genesis chapter one verses one through I mean, chapter three verses one through nine in New Living Translation. The serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, "Did God really say that you must not eat from the fruit of any of the trees in the garden?" "Of course we may eat from any tree, trees in the garden," the woman replied. "If only it's only the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat." God said, you must not eat of it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent said, replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was, was convinced. And then she, she saw the tree was beautiful and it looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. Listen to that. She wanted the wisdom that it would give her. And she took, um, she took some of the fruit and ate it. And she gave some of it to her husband, who was with her, and ate it too. At, their, at that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame for their nakedness. And they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So there's, there's some question about was what, whenever God said that, was like Eve standing right there listening to God too? Or did her husband convey that to her? So that's why she believed the situation so much. Because maybe, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe Adam didn't get it quite right. Maybe he misunderstood, whatever, whatever. But, but either, either way you look at it, it says that when she bit, bit, bit the fruit, that it says he was right there with her. He heard from God. He heard from God, and he had the chance at that time to cover his wife and say, No, honey, no, that's, that's, not, that's not what God said. Let me tell you again what God said. He had a chance right there, but he just kept his mouth shut and let her eat it, and then he ate it as well. When, when the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, it says, The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And I don't think this is up there, but, but the next verse says, Then he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree of the fruit that I've commanded you not to eat? You see, they, they, were, they, were, they were hiding from God because they were ashamed. 
God, God in his love, God, God is in love with sinful people when he sent his son Jesus to, to, to rescue them. That's why the word of God says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, the thing is, is a lot of times we say, well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm a sinner. I'm too bad of a sinner. God's like, no, I came for sinners. While we were sinners, he saved us. He didn't save us while we were Christians. He saved us while we were sinners. Are there things, are there things in your past that you have hid from God or thought you were hiding from God? Because, see, the thing is, is God might have, might have said, where are you? He knew where they were at. He's God. He wanted them to say, hey, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. That's our confession. God wants us to come to him and say, God, I'm not, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but I got sin in my life. God does not want us to hide. So God knew where he was at. He just wanted him to confess, hey, you're not where you're supposed to be. Okay? So I want to talk to you about the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life here for a minute. The tree of knowledge of good and evil says the fruit, the fruit is knowledge. See, the fruit wasn't apple. It says apple nowhere in the whole Bible. Okay? But... When I went to Israel, they did bring up some, some interesting facts. They said that, that there are a whole lot of fig trees in the garden. And also they said they sowed fig leaves to cover themselves. So very possibly they took tree leaves from what they sinned from and sowed them together to cover themselves and their sin to hide. You know, because you don't really see that, you know, in, in the little, little, little baby... Uh, it should be PG-7 at least, but, you know, they have, they have you know, they have um, Eve with her hair coming down, covering all herself, and she's all pretty and stuff. It's like, man, that's PG-7. A little four-year-old seeing that kind of stuff. But the thing, the thing is, is that, that, that it wasn't, so it wasn't necessarily an apple. It could have been a fig. You know, and also, they, they made reference to it, and it's a whole other deep story, and it's a whole lot more to it than this. But he said also, when Christ went by and looked at a fig tree, and he cursed it, and said, you'll never bear fruit again. And then he walked on. He said that, was, that, that, they said that could have possibly been the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that he cursed that tree and said, that's it, no more from you. But anyway, that's just a lot, a lot of neat stuff that they brought up and that you've got to look up and study and not, not just take everything they say as, as, as word. But it's, it's interesting to, to look at different processes of it. But, but, so, but the, 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 the fruit was knowledge. Okay, but knowledge is not bad because Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Okay? It's not knowledge that's bad. It's the acquisition of that knowledge. Why do you want that knowledge? Okay? Is it to gain God's wisdom and understanding, or is it somehow to exalt ourselves? What is that? Why do you want that knowledge? What do you want that knowledge for? 1 Corinthians 8 and 1 in the NIV says, We know that we possess all knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while, uh, see, while, while um, love builds up. So knowledge, if you're not careful, if you're getting the knowledge and you get the wrong kind of knowledge in your mind or for the wrong motive, the wrong acquisition, it'll puff you up and make you feel like you don't need God. I got the knowledge. I know how to do it now. I know what I'm doing. Wisdom from God varies from wisdom in the world. Wisdom from God says that, that, that wisdom from God is pure, peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others, full of mercy and good deeds, showing no partiality, always sincere. But wisdom from the world will make you jealous, selfish, earthly, unspiritual, motivated by evil. So using godly wisdom allows us to become more like God, okay, as we emulate him. Yes, we want to be like God, but we're not, I'm not an Adam or Eve. 
But I want to be like God, not to be like God, but to be like him, to emulate him, to be like him, not to be equal to him. See, you, you, if you eat the fruit, she, he said, you'll be like God. You have to look at it two ways. One, one way is that I, she said, I want to be like God. I want to be equal to God. I want to emulate him. I want to follow his example. The other way, is it possible, this is just thought process, I'm just asking here just for you, to, for you to think about and study, is it possible that she had pure motives and good intentions and she just wanted to be like God, not equal to God, but went around it the wrong way? You ever, you ever had pure motives about something but went the wrong way about doing it? You had good motives and you, you wanted to do the right thing and you're like, man, yeah, 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 but you did it the wrong way. You know, hey, God said, hey, that knowledge is good, and you could be like me, but the thing is, don't touch that. And she went about it, doing it the wrong way. Just a thought process. Just some, I, I just want to try to make you think and maybe study a little bit here today. Number two, the fruit is deadly. Consuming knowledge in our own pursuit of godliness is deadly. If her, if her attempt was truly to be like God in its direct opposition, if it, if it was truly to be equal to God, see, that's an opposition to us trusting God. Because if she was like God, she wouldn't need to trust God, right? And that's where knowledge is, 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 is trouble. We gain, we, we rather gain knowledge to try to control our own lives rather than for God to take care of us. So we learn and we're reading the Bible, we're trying to learn all this stuff so we can handle our own problems. We can say, I got it, I got this. And we don't want to go to God because we feel like we've got enough spiritual knowledge and wisdom that we don't need to go to God for trust Him. See where this is going? That's where the tree of knowledge is coming in. We, we, we have a choice to trust God through the tree of life and say, God, I'm totally dependent upon you. I want to be like you, as emulate you, but I don't want to be equal to you. Or we can go to the tree of knowledge and say, you know what? I know better. I don't need you, God, because I have the knowledge to make it myself without you. That's doing exactly what Eve did. So many times in our life when we got situations and trials and troubles, we don't go to God, do we? We handle it ourselves. You're eating from the, the, the knowledge tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. You're saying, I don't need you, God. I, I don't need the tree of life. I don't need to trust you. I can do it on my own knowledge. I can do it myself. They didn't physically die. He said, you'll die. They didn't physically die, but they died spiritually, right? And, then, and, and whenever you don't live in freedom and you don't eat from the tree of life, then you, die, you have death, the death of your dreams, death of your relationships, death of your finances, death of your trust, and death of your reputation. Number three, the fruit is consumed. This was interesting to me when I found this out. Eating is not just putting food in your mouth. It literally means to consume or ingest. So, so, so maybe... It wasn't even a fruit that she actually ate. They ate of it. They ate of the knowledge of that tree. Maybe that tree had, was able, you were able to get knowledge from that tree somehow. And you're like, well, what are you? Now you're stepping on a limb now, Pastor. Like, well, hey, what is the, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. That's not nothing you could eat, but you ingest it, right? You take it in. So may, just maybe, I don't know. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, just, just thinking that maybe she ingested it because what happened? Adam and Eve talked with one another, right? Conversa had conversation, and then they ate of that tree. The progression tells, this progression tells us that sin does not begin in the act. It begins in the mind. This is where, where, this is where sin begins at, right here in our mind. Sin doesn't begin when you commit the sin. They were talking about this. 
And they had a conversation with the, with the devil. It all started right here in your mind. That this, this is where sin starts. And then once it gets out into your heart, you're done, son. It's over. Because if it's in your heart, then you, you would commit it even if you, even if you had a chance. I, I used to tell teenagers about, about that about lust. And I think I mentioned it to the men's group one time. That, I, that, 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 that lust in your mind, they say when it, the Bible says when you look on a woman with lust in your heart, that you've, commit, you've committed adultery. Well, it's not talking about here in your mind when you have that, that lust that comes in your mind. Because as long as it's in your mind, you can say, no, I rebuke that. I cast out that imagination or that thought. Or women with a guy as well, because women lust after men too. So, so um, with the, you have that thought, you cast that imagination down. But once it gets from your mind and it drops down into your heart, then it says, and if you have lust in your heart, when, when it gets in your heart, you don't even have to have sex with that person. But if you had a chance, you would. Right? So therefore, that's the sin. Even though you, ha- you didn't physically do it, if you had the chance or the opportunity, you would. That's why it's saying you've already committed in your heart. Because if you, ha- because if you, you know, the same thing with, with, with anything else, with drugs or whatever. You know, I may not do, 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 do drugs, but if it's in, in your heart and you want it real bad, and if someone offered it to you, you would take it, then you've committed that act in your heart. Okay? So, um, the first, the fruit causes separation. It says that they hid from God. Many people have taught that, that Adam and Eve, um, they, they hid from God because God is some bad person and he, and he turned his back on them and they were worried about all this kind of stuff. Um, but he didn't, but Eve, but that what happened was it wasn't, it wasn't a situation. His holiness could not, they said his, that God's holiness could not stand evil. But that's not the kind of God he was then and that's not the kind of God he is now. The Bible says that Adam and Eve sinned and their eyes were opened. They covered up. And they had, um, they had hid from God because they were ashamed and afraid of his reaction. See, they were scared of how he was reacting because they were, they were such chum-chum buddies. They were like hanging out, just God and them every day, just hanging out talking. And he's like, I don't know what he's going to do. But see, the same God that is today that loves us and forgives us was the same God in the Garden of Eden. He would have forgiven them. Okay? But they hid. And it says they were naked. Okay? It says their eyes were open. See, they didn't realize prior to this moment that they had no clothes on because they were clothed in the presence of God. They were clothed in godliness, and they didn't look at each other sexually, okay, because there was no sin. If, if If they had never sinned ever, and there was never no sin like that, we would all today be walking around with no clothes on. But, 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 listen here, but the thing is, but the thing is, listen, the thing is, is that, that we wouldn't look at each other sexually. We wouldn't be looking at each other sexually. Because, because there's no, there would be no sin. You wouldn't see evil. You wouldn't see lust. You wouldn't see each other like that. It wouldn't be sin. We would, eat, we would walk around in the cool of the day, just hanging. We would still be doing that. We would all be walking around talking to God, hanging out in the cool of the day. So the thing is, is God searched for them, and he looked for them. He called them out, where are you? Because he loved them. God, see, God, is, God was not, they, they kind of felt, and I think a lot of people feel, like God was sitting around the corner of a tree, right? Wait, you, go ahead. Go ahead. Eat of that tree. I will bust your tail. Go ahead. I dare you. That, see, that's not, that's, that's not what God was doing. God did not want them to do that. He was not doing that. He is loving kindness. God, God is love, um, 1 John 4, 8. God is love. And then it says love covers a multitude of sins in 1 Peter 4 and 8. When we see his heart, we will run to him instead of hiding from him. That's what God was wanting for them to run to him and say, Hey, God, I've messed up. I, I, I ate from that tree. That's what still God wants for us today. But when we sin, what do we do? 
We quit coming to church when we're doing wrong. I got teenagers and, and, and not as many adults today because adults are a little bit different. But when I was, especially when I was a youth pastor, when I, I knew when teenagers weren't living right. Because they wouldn't, they wouldn't call me, they wouldn't text me, they wouldn't see me, they wouldn't come to church. They were all the time gone. Because they knew that if they saw me, I was a representation of Christ to them. And they felt ashamed, right? And they wanted to stay away from that. And so I could always tell. I come and say, hey, what are you doing? They th- they, what, do, what do you mean? What do, what, am, what do you mean I'm doing? They thought, they thought that God just spoke to me and said, so-and-so is, is, is in sin. But I could tell by their actions. Honestly, they said, they said you talk to God. God talks to you too much, Pastor Doug. You know? <clears throat> and I said, that's, that's the wisdom of God. Because I told him, I went with it. I said, yeah, God speaks to me. Because he did through your actions. God spoke to me and said, you're in sin. You know? So, so we had a good time with that. But, but here, the tree of knowledge of good and evil produces shame and victimization. Let me do these last two and we'll be done. When you eat from that knowledge of, 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 of good and evil, and you're looking for knowledge to try to handle things yourself, and you end up sinning because of it, it brings shame. Shame, shame is, it, it covers up with religion and becoming focused on works. Whenever you have shame, you cover up with religion. You try to, all of a sudden, you become religious rather than righteous. And you, you all focus on works. How can I do? I'm shameful. I've done wrong. How can I do things? I go, you go back to the do more mentality, trying to do more to be right. How many times have you... How many times... How many times... Um, have you uh, done something bad and then like the next day read a whole bunch of the Bible or prayed a really long time? Right? Because you, you, I, got, I, got to, I got to do more. I got to read more Bible. I got to pray more because I've done wrong. And, and, you know, and God's like, just come to me and it's over. You come to me and I forgive you just like that. Okay, the next thing, whenever you eat from that tree and, 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 and you have shame, shame brings lying, deception, and a false pride. And it, helps, it causes us to make promises that we can't keep. And it's getting our self-worth from things that we do. When you get shame in your life, your self-worth comes from what you do, not in Christ. And then it also, shame gives you the inability to come to a place of honesty with God where we believe that we have no value. When you have shame, all of a sudden you feel useless. You feel worthless. You feel like you have no value. Your, your, your insecurity bottoms out. Your self-worth bottoms out. And then, number, the last one, number six, concentrating on our sin instead of concentrating on our um, um, Savior. Because we, when we have shame, it comes down so much on us, we feel like, you know what, I, I can't, we, instead of concentrating on going to God, we concentrate so much on the sin. Well, see, and, and, you know, look, and all, every, everybody in here sins, so don't, 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 don't act holy because none of us are holy in this room. Everybody in this room, including my, we all sin. The Bible says for all have sinned. Billy Graham sinned, okay? So when that happens, a lot of times instead of going to God, we just withdraw and we try to hide from God. We try to do things ourselves and try to do more. And we concentrate so much on the sin that sin consumes us. And God's like, quit letting that consume you. Just come to me and it's done. It's over with. And then if you come, please, the last thing is the results of victimization. i got three points for this, and I'm done. When you become a victim, and all of a sudden, when you become sin, sinful, and all of a sudden, you wanna, we, we, we turn to blaming other people, just, just like you know, Eve did. Well, well, Adam did. Adam, hey, it was that woman. 
That woman you gave me, God, she's the reason I, I ate it. It was her. She did it. And then what did a woman do? Hey, that Satan, that demon did it, that snake did it. I mean, everybody's pointing fingers everywhere. And that's, and that's what we do. When we, when we get in sin, we don't even want to take responsibility for our own sin. Well, she made me do it. He made me do it. I was coerced. I was in a situation. I was down. I was oppressed, whatever. But whenever we get that way, we end up noticing other people's sins more than our, our, our own. Because we want to make ourselves feel good about our sin. So we start looking at other people's sins to make ourselves feel better. We're like, oh, well, I, I did bad, but man, do you see what he did? Or I know what you did. Well, hey, man, I heard about you. You know, and we do stuff like that so that we become a victim, victim mentality, and we want to blame other people for it. And then we excuse, our, we, we excuse and condemn ourselves by saying, just, hey, it's just the way I am. I'm never going to change. I'm just not good enough. That victim mentality makes you feel so insecure in yourself that you're like, hey, even God can't change me. But God changes everything. There's nobody. God can take the, the, the vilest sinner. He took, he took Paul, right? And changed him around. He can take anybody and change him around. And also victimization makes us feel rejected. The, fr the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil lacks the power to transform your heart. It can only provide facts and information and leaves you powerless. And each and every day, from now on, I want you to think, what tree am I eating from today? Am I going to eat from the tree of life where I trust God with everything? Or am I going to handle it on my own and I'm going to go ahead and eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and be like Adam and Eve? We have a choice every single day of how we're going to live. Every single day you eat from one of those two trees. Don't let it look so good to you. Don't let sin and, and all the things in this world look so good that you get conned into trying to handle it yourself and do things yourself. Yeah, but I got this situation, and it's a bad situation, so what do I do? I go medicate myself. I'm going to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I, can handle, I don't need to go to God and trust Him. I'm going to self-medicate. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get angry. I'm going I'm to hold unforgiveness. And I'm going to handle it. I don't need God. I don't trust God. I'm going to eat from this tree right here because it's good. And then we're going to hide from God. And it's going to break our relationship with Him and separate us unless we ask for forgiveness and come to Him. Praise God. Before I forget, next week coming back, we're going to have a great message. Don't miss it. Next, next week, we're, gonna, we're talking about family matters. We're going to talk about I'm fighting for my family. So if you need to fight for your family, come next week. We're going to fight for our family. Okay? But today, would you bow your hand and close your eyes? Is there anybody here that always say, Pastor Doug, I've been eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil all my life, and I'm not a Christian, and I want to get saved. I want to receive Christ today. I need to start eating from the tree of life, not the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You just raise your hand and say, I want to receive Christ. I want Christ to come in my life. We will pray for you today. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Okay. Who would say, hey, Pastor Doug, I, I eat from the tree of life, but sometimes that, that knowledge, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, man, is so tempting. It's, I'm so tempted to handle it myself. I'm so tempted, maybe not quite to sin, but I'm so tempted to, to take it on myself and me handle it and not trust God. Is anybody in here? Yes, amen, me too. I got my hand up. Sometimes, I, even as a pastor, I'm like, man, I, I, man uh, I just need to try to figure this out myself. And God's like, that's not going to work, Doug. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now over everybody in this room. I pray, God, that the tree of knowledge of good and evil 
makes us want to vomit. The thought, God, of trying to handle things ourselves, trying to get knowledge to, 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 to self-elevate us, to exalt us up, to puff us up with pride and envy, God, and all these other things. God, is just repulsive to us. God, that we just feast and get full from the tree of life. God, so we can totally be in communion with you and be obedient to your word and do what you've called us to do. Help us, Father, to, to lead people to the tree of life. Because people are following us, Lord. Help them when they see us, when they see us in this world and as they see us in our family and our kids see us and our, our wives and our husbands see us, let them see us eating from the tree of life, not from the tree of good and evil. God, because if we do, Father, they're going to want to follow and they're going to eat where we eat. Help us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen.